0: But if you yes, can really, you know, if you can really get them to, to say, you know what, if I could just do these two or three things, that would make a huge impact. All right, well, let's focus on those and stop doing all the other stuff. It's it's the saying no to things that, mm-hmm. that really makes a difference. Yeah,
1: and I think that's a major point that you hit on there, focusing on the important things, right. um, limiting those distractions and doing the important things as well as as possible is ultimately what welcome back to the apex business advisors podcast i am your host andy kavanaugh joined by doug the president of apex who i no longer can mention (laughs) his last name because apparently tryptophan you can't pronounce (laughs) it sorry Well, we do have a special guest today. But as per custom, I need you to acknowledge my closing since the last time we recorded it was 15 minutes. (laughs) We did the recording and 15 ish minutes later. Yeah, because we weren't
2: we weren't sure it was going to happen and we didn't want to jinx it. Right. So we try not to bring it up
1: even by just talking about it in circles on that podcast causes it to be delayed. But
2: it did get closed. Got closed. Thanks, Andy. Yes. And who was your partner on uh, that deal? Ken.
1: It was uh, it was Ken's number one. He did a yeah. great job yeah. with it and uh, got it to the finish line. And he got to see there were there were some challenges with the lender and getting some of the paperwork sent over to us. And unfortunately, it caused our buyer and seller to be in the conference room a little bit longer than yeah. uh, than we hoped for them to be in. But yeah, some challenges
2: problem. with that one.
1: Yeah. I mean, the main thing on it was when they, they were using a remote closer. It wasn't a a local bank. They were using a remote closer. There had been some delays on the bank side, getting the paperwork put together. And then when, by the time they were sending the closer, getting really close to her appointment on this Friday afternoon. So I said, I will print the documents for you. And they sent me 34 attachments. Little internet issue, but it was really more of they sent us 34 attachments that we didn't know what size paper they needed to be printed on until we actually went to the printer, and it said, "Now this needs to be on legal." So all's well that ends well. We got it. We got it knocked out. But you know what we really needed was a little bit better planning. Oh, planning <laughs> is something that uh, something well, that we needed a, to do. Quite a lead in. And here. I wanted to. It, it was so bad on my part that you have brought a professional in here <laughs> to talk to me about it. Please introduce our right, guest today. Right.
2: Well, Sean Kincaid is with us today. Sean Kincaid has been a business coach for
0: almost 16, 10,
2: years. 16 years. And, you know, it's interesting. Sean and I had been in a networking group for, for quite a while. And in our world, we see a lot of business owners that don't that don't do any planning. And when I was taking over this business from the former owner, I thought, what can I do to screw this up? Or maybe, wait, how can I keep this thing going? Maybe I need some outside advice, some another professional, and not just run it by the seat of my pants, which we see a lot of people do. So I talked to Sean, and and uh, we worked out a situation, and he was my business coach for, shoot, 10 years, probably. Yeah.
1: So before I pepper you with trying to get free business coach advice sure, here, sure. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself, a
0: little bit about your practice. And um, um, Yeah, yeah. So, so the name of my company is Aspire Business Development. Uh, as we talked about, it'll be 16 years in April, which seems kind of unbelievable to me that it's been that long, because time flies. But beyond that, so I started, uh, it, it was April of 2007, so obviously just before the economy went mm. to hell, which in hindsight, probably not you know ideal, but that's how things worked. And at the time, my previous career had primarily been in management consulting, uh, did a tour of duty at Sprint on the wireless side and, and got to do some other things, but mostly it had been Fortune 100 type of exposure decided that I wanted to do something different. And so I stumbled across this idea of business coaching and kind of just jumped into it and realized pretty quickly that although I knew a lot of people I didn't really know any entrepreneurs which is who yes. my target audience was <laughs> and so I had to start from scratch which is why I joined you know any networking group I could find and just started meeting as many people as I could with the idea of getting out there and and my goal is to work with business owners who are mostly trying to scale their business but I also work with business owners who are kind of looking at the opposite end of okay, so I built my business, now what you know? where do I go from here? Which may or may not be an exit, but it could be a succession plan, or it could be, how do I just get free myself up from my business so I'm not working all the time? So I guess at the highest level, what does a business coach do? Yes. <laughs> all of the above. <laughs> now, we primarily, and, and there are all sorts of coaches out there, so this obviously, I can't speak for everyone, but my focus is, To work with a business owner, in fact, one of my clients that I've had for a really long time, when he introduces me, he introduces me as his business partner who doesn't have a share in the business. (laughs) Uh, Because my job is to be the sounding board for him. Uh, I'm there to ask him the questions that nobody else is going to ask him and to challenge him and make him think twice about, well, why are you doing that? Or what exactly are you trying to do? Uh, And hopefully bring some advice, some strategic vision, Something to the table that will make them think twice about it. So mostly from a coaching perspective, it's getting them to look at the big picture on a regular basis, build in some good habits of, okay, every month we're going to talk about where are you in your business, where do you want to be, and how are you going to get there? There's an element for a lot of business owners of accountability. You've now said three months in a row that you were going to do this. You haven't done anything yet. What's going on? What can we do to get you moving to actually get to where you said you wanted to go? Or do you not want to go there anymore? I heard
2: that a lot from Sean. It's been three months now. What are you going to do? But it does make you think about okay, what's the most important thing, right? So you're trying to. And I think one of the things that, you know, where I benefited was having someone outside of the business brokerage world who could bring some other. Uh, Experiences, right? right? So you're talking to a lot of businesses. You had your Fortune 100 experience kind of thing. So things like technology, right, Mm -hmm. that you've got some other experiences. What other things are you seeing from the uh, entrepreneur side that need help?
0: Well, so I guess to put it simplistically, if you talk to any business owner, obviously every industry has their challenges. And I'm never gonna be the expert in the industry that that business owner is, but to your point, that's actually a benefit, I think, because it allows me to to approach it without kind of all that baggage of of the inside information that, that they're running with. But every business, you could simply boil it down to four P's, so all of them struggle with people, profits, process, and planning. So if, mm-hmm. if, if they're having trouble scaling, if they're having trouble growing their business, 90% of the time it's gonna fall into one of those buckets or probably more realistically, more than one of those buckets. Yeah. And so that's, that's ultimately what we end up talking to people about is, okay, where, where are you stuck? What is it that's holding you back? Uh, and a lot of times it's self-inflicted because as you guys, you guys work with business owners all the time, they don't know what they don't know and they kind of get their head down. And really an entrepreneur is trained if, if they're you know, doing it right. An entrepreneur learned early on, okay, I need to say yes to everything and I need to just work really hard. And if I do that, then good things will happen, yeah. which is true until it's not true. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because at some point, if you really want to grow your business, then the owner has to get out of the way. Right, and they have to be able to build a team, which is where you get into people. You have to be able to actually have something that's repeatable and scalable, which is where you get into process, and all of that's tied together by planning in order to create profits. Because if you don't have profits, what are you doing?
2: So, you, so you meet a lot of stubborn people, right? Oh yeah, Right, like dog yeah. in the uh, yeah. right. Yeah, <laughs> so I think you, you know, weren't the worst. Right. Okay. Good. 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 So I think one of the things that I think about the re- we we see resistance all the time, right? When we're right. trying to help people. So what what do you see the like big obstacles when you're trying to? You maybe you have a referral to a business owner. What yeah. what are your challenges with getting on board with them?
0: Well, so, yeah, it's always interesting when I get referred or even just introduced to a business owner that a lot of times it's fairly obvious to me as an outsider, okay, I can see that there's an issue here, I can see that they're stuck, but they may or may not be willing to admit to it. So you certainly get those business owners that, for lack of a better word, I would call them uncoachable, where Mm -hmm. they just, hey, Mm -hmm. I've been doing this for 20 years I know what I'm doing. I have all the answers. Things are great. All right. right. Well, knock yourself out. I can't help you if that's truly what you believe. Right. Um, And so that's usually one of the issues that we run into. Um, Other issues are that, you know, we talked about people a little bit. Hey, this is my cousin or it's my brother-in-law that's on the staff. Yeah, they don't do anything and they don't add any value, but we pay them a lot of money and I don't know why we're not making more profits. Right, right. You know, things right. like that where they just get these blind spots. And sometimes they're actually not... Sometimes they know, yes, these people are holding me back, but I can't... I'm not willing to fire them or I'm not willing to take a stand or or hold them accountable. And if they can't get past some of those ideas, there's not much you can do for them. So I'm i guess sure you guys have seen those too.
2: Yeah, well, I think Andy just got out of a meeting with somebody who... Is, is kind of, you know, it was more with an advisor, not, not staff, but having an advisor, a CPA for 40 years, something like that, and not willing to look at other options, other, other options yeah. Yeah. So,
1: yeah, it's one of those things, too, where, I, you know, and I've seen some of these things that you're talking about where we, we've had people that have chosen to sell their business as opposed to fire a relative, right? right, So, listen, I got two options here. I can fire that person (laughs) or I can just sell the whole thing. Yeah, then it's not my fault. Yeah, I think (laughs) selling the whole thing really seems like the better option for me at this point. Which sounds (laughs)
0: ridiculous, but I
2: guarantee you there are people that think that We have a client now in that situation. I actually
1: wanted to to go back to something that you said when somebody, you know, they have all the answers, they know everything. Mm -hmm. Why would they come to you in the first place or why would they start to work with? With
0: you well well they certainly they probably wouldn't start to work with me that you know that would be pretty clear up front that okay mm. there's there's nothing I can do here they what what has happened is that someone will refer them actually it's interesting when it's a, a spouse I've had mm. I've had spouses make the call yeah. and set up the meeting and then the owner the the other spouse that didn't make the call and set up the meeting is the one that meets with me. And they're like, yeah, I don't know why she called, but uh, I don't really, you know, I'm, I'm good. I don't need anything. But the the person who originally set up the meeting was the one that's like, look, they work all the time. We don't seem to have any money. You know, they can list off this litany of challenges that they see just, you know, f- from watching them at home. Um, but if the owner's not willing to learn or not willing to take action, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it reminds so. me of
1: the uh, the couple that comes in here where... The wife hands the husband the engagement paper yeah. <laughs> sign like, this so right. sign this right, right now yourself yes. <laughs> yeah
0: which is probably the right thing to do but yeah you you just get people that whether it's their personality or something else they just get stuck you, and need, not you need, to do anything. you
2: need both people to, to participate and be um, have have the motivation yeah. to go through it right yeah. um, I remember you know when when we would meet that it felt like meeting with my psychologist um, <laughs> because
0: no, no couch involved though. there was no
2: couch okay. but but it really it was allowed me to kind of open up whether it was personnel issues um, which I think that was probably 90% of it was just kind of because there are so many different personalities in our business um, sales type people consultants etc but it was always how to work with certain people within our environment or with buyers and sellers, and it was strategy around that. Plus it ended up being, uh, it tended to be a lot of, hey, have you thought about this kind of marketing or this kind of technology? And you yeah, were more familiar ideas, with that. Right? Yeah, just throwing out ideas, which was was great for me.
0: Yeah, I have, I have a few clients that, that refer to it more as business therapy which is not my goal at all but I understand where they're coming from because from from a business owner's perspective especially when it's a small business now if you're talking you know a fortune 500 business it's different right it's the corporate world it's easier to kind of separate that corporate life from your personal life but for a business owner that has 30 employees they are the business I mean it's it's one and the same and so when you're talking to the business owner you're also talking to the person, and they can't really separate that personal life from the business life. And so it, it ends up bleeding over, and, you know, they things come up, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I certainly don't seek them out, but yeah. it, it definitely comes and up. And it's
1: certainly yeah. one of those things, too, where business ownership can be very, very lonely. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Because so at some point,
0: their spouse doesn't want to hear it anymore. <laughs> you know, they, no. hey, they you know they can't talk to them. You shouldn't That's- talk to your employees, Right, and yeah. so you do. You you become limited in yeah.
1: terms and of yeah. And to your point, limited. that neutral third party, that different perspective that's not yeah. in the in the trenches every day. Mm-hmm. You know, including a spouse that right. Well, they might not necessarily be at that particular office or that factory or that restaurant or whatever. They're certainly living it as well, yeah. and their their perception is is skewed. So having someone that can just take that little lens and turn it and turn that perspective is, right. can be invaluable.
2: I don't think, I, I, I didn't want to share with my wife. You know, I don't want to share the stresses of my work life and bring it home.
0: And I see that quite a bit too. That's, yeah. that's definitely a part of it.
2: Yeah. Because yeah. she doesn't need any more of that stress, right? Right? <laughs> right. And then that just, then it builds and then it gives me more stress. So having somebody, uh, like you say, uh, that third party right. um, to share with. So, uh, what other things? Now, you would mentioned accountability, and right. I think where, like in our business, you brought up some things like, can you measure growth? Can you measure where do you get your leads? Can you, you know, all these different things, and that was challenging right. for us.
0: And, and, that's, and that's actually the start of it, is that obviously there's, there's personal accountability of, hey, you said you were gonna do this, did you follow through? But even even probably more important than that is getting them to look at things in a measurable way, and there are a lot of business out there, business owners out there that just run on their gut, Mm -hmm. and and they they you know hey this feels good, things are great, we're doing well, really. So how well are you doing? (laughs) Well, we're making money. Well, how much money? We I don't know. Mm -hmm. You know, ultimately they don't know what they're what you know, and there's no way to measure it. And so even just getting them to put some simple metrics in place. That alone can mm-hmm. drive a lot of visibility and which ultimately then turns into accountability. Yeah. Uh, and that, that can be a huge impact yeah. for a lot of businesses. So Yeah, I think
2: there are a lot of business owners who think, well, I'm successful because my kids are going to college. Right. But if you ask them details, they're like, yeah, I don't even know. Yeah. How much money I'm making? We we hear that quite a bit.
1: As I mentioned, one of the genesis of bringing you in here is Doug and I were talking about plans, mm-hmm. and I had made the comment, and this was you know a few weeks before Thanksgiving that I, I said, yeah, I I do my planning in October, November for the next year because you know the people that even start in December or start in January, you're already two months behind on right. the year. What's that
0: planning process look like? It's kind of the old adage of, you know, the best time to plan was yesterday. The next best time to plan is now. I I think you're right. In a perfect world, yeah, it would be great if you took some time out in the fourth quarter and used that to build your plan for the next year. That's ideal. The reality is that some businesses are seasonal, and so the fourth quarter isn't a good idea, and that doesn't work for them. Or for whatever reason, they don't get around to it. that doesn't mean you shouldn't plan that just means okay well let's let's modify that maybe we don't get a full year to look at it but let's at least look at the big picture where do you want to be in three years can you even describe that and then let's back up from there and let's say we start in february okay great what are we going to do between now and the end of this year at least even if it's only 10 months let's try to to look forward at least that far And then if we can get into that process and start looking at things quarterly, then hopefully for the next year, then you can catch it earlier if that's an option. Um, So my, my goal with clients is really to try to ease them into it because some of them are adverse to planning. I actually have a few clients that If I push them on it, they would say that they just don't believe in it, which I'm not sure I completely understand because it's not really debatable. It is—it's a helpful thing to do, I think, for anybody. But it's just not something that's—they're not wired that way, or they've never done it. But I can still challenge them on, okay, well, what do you want to have happen, and let's at least condense that down into a simpler discussion. So steering them gently towards, okay, let's try to look farther ahead, even if it's only okay, let's look at the next 90 days. What are the three to five things that you really want to get done in the next 90 days that are outside of the day-to-day stuff? That's that's a step. I mean, that's at least something.
1: Yeah, I always look at it as similar to planning a trip. Mm-hmm. I know I want to go to this city. Right. So let's figure, okay, we're going to go to this city. Now let's start backing into How are we going dates, get there? transportation, are yeah. we flying? Are we driving? Uh, what are we going to do when we get yeah. in there? You know, so it... I think a lot of people they think that planning is well I have to know every single exit and where I'm gonna hit the rest right. stops and where am I gonna fill up for gas and it's and they, they approach it wrong. It's
0: that it should go the other way. Right. Of, right. You know, well and, and the reality is if you do get that that detailed, you're gonna get bogged down and you're ultimately you're not gonna end up using it. That's the problem I have with some of those traditional business plans that you see that, you know, maybe banks were recommending or whatever. 40, 60, 100-page business plan, yeah, that's going to get put on a shelf and it's never going to get used. Mm -hmm. A a more legitimate approach is, where do you want to go? Fine, let's let's spend time describing what that destination is, or at least the interim destination. And then if you can break it down into what are the most, what are the biggest levers that are going to help to get there? And frankly, if you have more than five, Kind of big things that you're looking at, that's too many, because people just don't function that way where they can juggle all sorts of different things. There are They're some just going to get bogged down. People, yeah, it's
2: too much. Yeah. Or or distracted. Yeah. yeah, they'll get
1: distracted with the the easy things. But if you can set. really, you know, if you can really
0: get them to, to say, you know what, if I could just do these two or three things, that would make a huge impact. All right, well, let's focus on those and stop doing all the other stuff. It's its the saying no to things that, mm-hmm. that really makes a difference. Yeah,
1: and I think that's a, a major point that you hit on there, focusing on mm-hmm. the important things. Right. Um, limiting those distractions and doing the important things as well as, as possible is right. ultimately what makes it look easy, right? When people are like, oh yeah, that guy just makes business look easy. It's probably right. because that guy focuses on yeah. Two to three main priorities, and then everything else is a distraction and noise. That
0: and that, yeah, and that's how you get traction, right? That's how you you start building up momentum because you're actually getting some things done. And if they're the right things, it'll make a huge difference.
2: Do you have any uh, do you have a success story that you'd like to share with us?
0: Well, there was this company called Apex. Guy
2: named Apex. <laughs> right, right. They're just booming. Well, that's <laughs> yeah. second, second um, place.
0: Actually. One that that potentially may fall into your bailiwick at some point. I've got a client of mine that I've worked with now for probably 10 years. I'm guessing I'd have to go back and look at the records. But in her case, she started fairly small. It was just her and one other person. She's now up to six employees. They are in the finance area, so they, they do financial stuff. But she's at the process and at the point of her life where she's like, you know what, I'd like to probably think about some sort of exit. So what would that look like? Hmm, and, yeah. way, you know, and she's not ready to pull the trigger yet, but she's yeah. at least to the point where she's making probably when we first met compared to what she'll make this year, I bet she's 10 X growth over, yeah. over that 10 years. Yeah, that's great. And so, you know, and I, that's not me. Yeah, I helped, sure it is. <laughs> I helped yeah. her with it, but, but a lot of it was she listened. She was willing mm-hmm. to learn. She was listening, you know, willing to do new things and really willing to stay the course. Yeah. And so, yeah. you know, we've been meeting probably once or twice a month for the last 10 years. Oh, wow. She really values that sounding board and and being able to have somebody to open up to. Is there a
2: typical size business that you work with?
0: A lot of mine are, you know, around a million in revenue up to maybe five million. Okay. That being said, I've worked with startups. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't. Startups are a lot of fun, but they're also—they generally don't have any money, in it. I was and it's, say, it's, you it's get kind paid. of a hit. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> you don't get paid. That's not as good. Uh, although I'm still happy to help people, but yeah, you have to balance how many. Of those you're not you're running, running a charity organization. Paid, but I try right. not to be too much of yeah. that. Uh, and then I have a few clients that are a lot bigger than that. But once they start to feel pretty corporate. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's not as much fun anymore, no. so I don't, I'm, I don't chase those either. And Sean, if somebody wanted to get started with you, what's the
1: best way to get in contact?
0: Uh, our website is AspireKC.com, so that's that's got all of our information on there, but look me up on LinkedIn, reach out to Doug, obviously you guys have built a, a loyal audience, so mm-hmm. Doug knows how to get a hold of me.
1: Well before I get in trouble, I'm just going to go ahead and send people to our website, kcapex.com, that's where you can get in touch with our, our team. So if you didn't quite catch uh, Sean's information, and you're not used to uh, using that minus 15 second button, we'll uh, you can get in touch with us. We'll get you in touch with Sean. Thanks to Stephen last week for joining us. Uh, go check out his blog work. Doug and I are, are getting quite a little catalog of uh, podcasts. So you can go back and check out the archives there, and of course all of our active uh, listings are out there. So as always, if you're looking at buying or selling a business, we got you, fam. Welcome back to the Apex Business Advisors Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Cavanaugh, joined, as always, by Doug This is, is, go? is this how apparently, the day's going to go? This is how the is going to go. Apparently, Too much turkey. How do you say it? <laughs> well, I said it. You say like, like Doug.
2: <laughs> this is Doug. <laughs> this is Doug.
1: Appointment. appointment. It was a Friday afternoon.